Let's get educated. That's why we're here, to bring you the stories impacting K-12 classrooms and college campuses. It's time for a little education. Greetings and salutations. I am Katie Patrick, joined today by David Fiorazzo. Greetings. It is the start of yet another week. And while we have some disturbing stories to report, please stick around to the end because we're going to finally, we're going to do something that just makes my my heart beat with pride. Pitter-patter. We're, we're going to wrap things up with something positive. So stick around. But first, we must do the, <laughs> the negative. All right. Well, drag seems to be all the rage these days as one California high school endorses its LGBT club putting on a drag show during a pep rally. Yeah, student-led drag show at Elk Grove High School Assembly angers some parents. I would love to know. I'd love to get a count on that. Exactly how many parents knew about it. Exactly how many parents were angered. But uh, this is Pleasant Grove High School. And the, the debate is, should drag shows be allowed in schools, on school grounds? I'm thinking, hmm. What again, Katie, what again is a drag queen and what is a drag show? Is that not a man dressed up provocatively and some would say sensually as a woman? What's the purpose of that again? Would, that's the question that should be asked? Well, that, well, there's a lot of questions around <laughs> that that should be asked. And, and we can talk about that. We'll, yep. get, we'll get the details okay. first. All but right. that is the question. Start thinking about it at home and let us know what your thoughts are on it. But first, yes, we let's must watch, watch what it was. Watch, watch. watch. Some Pleasant Grove High School parents say they're disappointed school leaders did not make it known that students would be performing in drag at a multicultural assembly on Friday. They were not transparent and it, you know, it was mandatory. This video shows some of the four minute long performance. CBS 13 has blurred the faces of students as many are minors. It shows the group dancing in drag, something some parents are saying made their students uncomfortable. Oh, my ahead. son said to me, he said, Mom, I'm just going to put my head down. I texted him back and said, you can leave if you're not comfortable. And he said he said that they weren't allowed to. District leaders told CBS 13 in a statement, all performances at the multicultural assembly were approved by school staff and administration. It's my right to decide when they're exposed to certain things and when they're not. But not everyone thinks the performance was inappropriate. Beverly Kearney with Sacramento's Love is Love movement told CBS 13 she sees nothing wrong with it. While one parent may take offense to it, what about that parent whose kid for the first time got out there and got that chance to be who they are? To be who they are, what on earth does that mean? That means not to be who God created them as, but to be whatever you want. And by the way, I understand these are students, right, performing this, you know, drag thing. It's not, you know, older adult men coming in and doing this. But it's the same concept. You're still well, mocking the God of creation. And parents should have known in the, beforehand. And I like the way one parent used the word transparency. Uh, I'm not sure public schools know that word. I think it's been thrown out of the dictionary there. They know trans. Yeah, they know they the trans know part. transparency. Yeah. <laughs> That's what it is. When I read the headline, read the story, watched the video, 
it makes you start to think in terms of <clears throat> what does it mean, like as that mom said, that they're able to, you know, show who they are. Well, only well, in our they? public schools do we use that line of let the kids be who they are when it comes to drag, yeah. when it comes to LGBT, when it comes to anything of that narrative line. If a young Christian uh -oh. boy or young Christian girl said, I want to be who I am and express myself, so I'm going to stand up in front of this entire assembly of my stu fellow students and preach the word I'm, I'm going to recite the Ten Commandments. I'm gonna, even that, something simple. <laughs> I'm just going to recite You're out! Yes, you Well, are actually, that. they did that. They kicked God out. They kicked prayer out. They kicked the Bible out. So the Ten Commandments are in the Bible. Get out of here. You're expelled from government-run schools across the country. All right, and let's just, and this is where I'm taking this okay, next. Where let's are you going, take Katie? the debate off of the, it's drag queens right. and Christianity, because we kind of put those as yep. like the, the fight. When this mom says, well, this is a time for the student to be able to express themselves, it, again, they're only allowed to express themselves if, if it's something of the narrative. What if yeah. it's something simple like kids, each individual student has a different hobby. Each individual student has different things that they like. How come those are never represented in the school? And it can be something simple like, you know, the, the, the nerds that were me of like, <laughs> why couldn't I get to go and show who I am and be who I am? And something simple like me being left-handed. How come I never got my rights restored or and i always use me being left-handed and me being short how come no one cared about my rights but if i was all about being lgbt or drag or whatever well then my rights are heard something so minor that you can't in a school have every single student's rights and them to express themselves that's not the purpose of school no that is not the purpose it's of school. not it's not so i just well, I want to ask you this. Um, first of all, that or organization the woman was representing, love is love, whatever. Uh, you never hear them say, well, truth is truth. No, <laughs> no, that's not allowed. But love is love because they get to redefine love. Um, there's a quote by this woman. I've seen more sexualized performances by high school dance teams, and, and they are wearing far less clothing than the drag performers were. Katie Patrick, how do you respond to that? This is this is my other argument, okay. or my other like consideration. And I want to know what uh, par other parents are suggesting out there. There is something different between, like, let's take it to the drag, not even the, the the dance performers, but let's take it to the and they usually do it at like talent shows. Is like some of the group of guys tends to be the jocks are going to dress up in dresses and put on these crazy wigs and like kind of walk out there and do some silly skit. Everyone knows it's in jest. Yes, they're mocking. They're, they're, they're not mocking trying it. to it's be kind of like, who they ha, are. Ha ha ha! Everyone right. knows. Right. This is completely different now in terms of, hey, this is who we want to be and we want you to be. Not yeah. we're trying to get you to laugh. We're trying yep. to get you to be like yeah. us and accept us, which is different from. Well, the drag is different from what the guys are doing at like a talent show, which is also different, I think, from a dance performance, because those dance performances they tend to have more clothing on than what happens at these drag performances. At least, it, maybe not in today's school, like, yeah. dance outfits. I'm not quite sure. But back in my day at school, like, the dancers had full-on clothing. So it wasn't as provocative as what they get now. I don't know what your experience has been seeing well, these Well, we were dancers. running out of time, but the, the school did, the Elk Grove Unified School District did release a statement. Part of that statement was saying students are protected under numerous federal, state, 
and district anti-discrimination laws. So you can't discriminate against someone who thinks they're the opposite sex or gender. You can't discriminate, Katie. You've got to allow them to be who they are. Okay. You allow them to be who they are, but you don't have to have everyone else in the entire school watch a performance forced, of them. Forced to Forced watch, performance yeah. of them. Yeah. You're, you're not forcing anyone to have to sit and watch a kid read a Bible. Yeah, so well, part of the allow students to do this, be who they, it's wearing certain clothing and allowing them to express, express themselves that way. I mean, we got to move on, but um, still to come, uh, parents are floored after a high school in Oregon tells students to write a short story about their sexual fantasies. Nothing to see here, folks. Just one isolated case, right? We're talking about that next. Yep, yep, and yep, we have sexual fantasies now being a part of assignments at the high school level. This story is from Eugene, Oregon, in the Eugene 4J district at Churchill High School. And it was an assignment that was given to students who missed health class. So, moral uh -oh. of the story on this whole story is don't miss class because you're going to get an assignment writing a short story about a sexual fantasy. Take a look. The assignment, called Fantasy Story, asks students who were absent to write a short story about a sexual fantasy to show that they can show physical affection without having sex. As Kendall said, the 4J District confirmed today that this assignment was indeed given to students. But after parents raised concerns last week, the district pulled the assignment from the syllabus and will not use it for grading. The assignment is part of a sex education program called Our Whole Lives, or OWL. We reached out to the OWL program manager who sent us this statement. This assignment is an unauthorized, out of context adaptation of a facilitated group activity in Our Whole Lives Sexuality Education for grades 10 through 12, first edition, which is out of print. Okay. Out of context. That was out of context. Hey, it's first edition. It, and I'll get to a point, hopefully later on, <laughs> about that whole thing. But first, here's specifically what the assignment said. It was titled Fantasy Story, uh -huh. and it asked students who were absent to write a short story of a paragraph or two, because in high school we don't teach how to write, yeah. so a short story for them literally is a paragraph yeah. or two. If they can um, make it that far. Yeah. This story is a sexual fantasy that will have no penetration of any kind Jeez. or oral sex. What? So it says no way of passing an STI, which back in my day was an STD, but... They have to change it because disease and infection are two different things. Now, uh -huh. you will choose three items. Romantic music, candles, massage oil, feather, feather boa, flavored syrup, etc. To use in your story. <laughs> your story should show that you can show and receive loving physical affection without having sex. How, how is that an assignment that passed over the eyes of a teacher and then was assigned. How? You are an adult who hopefully can read. You are reading what you are assigning to your students. Are you not? Because that's my point on this, is they're claiming, oh, our bad. This assignment was from an old edition. It was out of print. <laughs> and so, whoopsie. But as you're going to see today, tomorrow, the next day, and a lot of the stories we tend to read about, the point is the teacher never is the one to come up with the assignment. These teachers, these days, 
do not do their own work. They do not develop their own questions or tests or anything to teach. They are just teaching from something else. Okay. They are not teachers then. Okay. They are just proctors. They are given the curriculum. They pass out the curriculum. They collect it and they get a, give a grade. That's it. That's what's happening in this instance. They are following the OWL, the Our Whole Lives health curriculum. And the teacher wasn't smart enough to look at the actual assignment and be like, why are we using this assignment? This doesn't seem right. Because it's from an out-of-text first edition of a sex book that they don't even use. Where was the teacher to do their job to actually give proper information and education to the children. Are you talking about it should have been vetted by the teacher who the, gave out the assignment? Yeah, well, and that's what I'm seeing as all these stories I keep reading. Well, it always comes from somewhere else. It's not the teacher who comes up with anything anymore. So then they just use like, oh, I didn't know. I didn't know. It must have been from something else. And so they take all blame off of them. Well, what's the point of the teacher but to share the knowledge that they have and to uh, make it like so that student can learn from them and understand material. If the teacher isn't the one actually developing any of it and they're just passing the information from one hand to the other, what is the, the teacher's responsibility here? Who found out about this and how did this get exposed? Does that say that in the article? Well, the news people found out about it because there were students who passed it along to their or their family members. So Parents raised the concerns. <laughs> so, it's always the parents raising yeah, the parents again, concerns. It's, it's, so it's uh, the students going to the parents, parents then yeah. going to the news. Sexual fantasies and all this stuff in, uh, in school. I don't understand how any... Uh, this is not an isolated rogue teacher is what you're saying this this stuff is these well, are options for teachers to pick for in this case a punishment of people they, if they well, miss the health no, class basically my my whole point in this is this is another example of a teacher who isn't focused on the teaching of the student it's just oh well oh it's you know this week of the school year we're on unit five okay what do i have that was already prepared for me that i didn't prepare myself right. well i gotta hand this out they get this worksheet and this and that because they're saying that this came from an uh an old which was a 2016 textbook and it was from the first edition they're not using it how did the teacher miss that well the teacher should know what the curriculum this is, is this is just one random case where something from what six seven years ago is still in there just one just one of those lessons? Did they miss any others? That, that's the other question. <laughs> how much? How many other old lessons has you know? And they got no complaints over. Well, hopefully they were less, I guess, graphic than this one. The good news is they're not teaching this lesson anymore. The bad news is there was one student who actually did the assignment, turned it in, but never received it back. So I don't want to know who ended up with it. But anyway, moving on. When we come back, amid allegations of misconduct and chronically low academic scores, the state of Texas has just taken over the eighth largest school district in the nation. We're going to discuss what's to come. Today's show is sponsored by our friends at MyPillow. Save up to 66% on pristine quality bedding, towels, slippers, signature pillows, and much more when you use the code EDUCATED. That's E-D-U-C-A-T-E-D educated support this show and a great american company
if uh in case you didn't know everything is bigger in texas including bigger failures yes what? come on that's what we're learning here um here's what happened <sighs> we, we have the state of texas and in the state of texas they just released an announcement saying that there's going to be a state takeover of the eighth largest school district in the usa after allegations of misconduct by school trustees and chronically low academic scores hit their schools now that district is none other than Houston Independent uh, School District. It's either Houston which, or Austin. Yes, which um, now might have to change its name. It's not so independent. Okay. Anyway, let's take a look. Ultimately, a school board is responsible for the outcomes of a school district. After years of debates and even battles in court, the state is now taking over the Houston Independent School District. Ultimately, this is this is an action that is required by law, a law that was set up to ensure that um, uh, school boards and school systems were supporting all of their kids, not just some of them. The law Texas Commissioner of Education Mike Marath is referring to says the state has two choices, to take over a district or close a campus that fails five years in a row. HISD has had several struggling schools. There's a campus in Houston whose last um, acceptable rating was in 2011. And I mean, that's a uh, two generations of kids. This is a problem and, and education is hard. And so you will see um, uh, challenges emerge from time to time. But the, it should never be true that an individual campus goes half a decade or a decade without some kind of structured support from the district that's in charge of it. The TEA will now replace the school board with a board of managers made up of Houston volunteers and a new HISD superintendent will be appointed. So, Katie, what's an acceptable rating? For them, yeah. higher than whatever they've gotten. <laughs> um, according 2011? Yeah, so according to recent data district-wide, only 51% of high school students were proficient in reading, Ouch. and 52% were on level for math, which actually, to me, is like based on the national scores we tend to see. We, we always talk about proficiency in you know reading and math, and it's at like 38% and like 36% and, and whatnot. But either way, still failing. Um What's interesting, too, the failing grades triggered a state law that required the schools to close or install the board of managers to replace the existing district board members. So that's something that's on the books. It's like it's not like, oh, we're going to decide now, Houston, we just want to take you over for Houston. We have a problem. I could have made that joke, too, um, <laughs> that we're going to take you over. It's like, no, this went into place because of that state law. So maybe other states. This is the question. Should the state take over these school districts? Or is it worse? We don't we don't know in terms of what's happening in Texas here. Well, the state's um, better than the federal government, but the federal government is already in control. So if the state can take something back, I would say maybe that's a good thing. Maybe but. we'll have to see. Um, they actually, the government officials did begin seizing, like at least mobilizing to seize control of the district back in 2019 after 50 out of 300 schools within the district got a D or an F grade. Now, Wheatley High School reportedly received seven consecutive unacceptable ratings and dozens of other schools in the district got the D or the F evaluations. What's fascinating is the state has actually done this. Again, Texas, huge state, many yeah. school districts. 15 other districts this has already happened to, but clearly those are smaller districts than <laughs> Houston, which is the eighth largest in the whole nation. Wow. Um, and the other issue or difference between those 15 and this one is a lot of their issues were financial, not 
that they were failing the students in terms of academics. Now, as we had heard in the news, um, the Texas Education Agency officials um, will reportedly appoint a board of managers and a superintendent who will oversee the district until the end of the school year in June. And so we're going to have to see what happens. But as a, as a fun little FYI, everybody, <laughs> um, Millard House, who is the superintendent of, of Houston, uh, he sounded optimistic and he was all like, oh, this is going to be a good thing. And, you know, we want to, you know, educate our students and you rah, rah, ha, ha, ha. Well, he will, he was elected to the school board uh, in 2021 and he's likely still going to get his annual salary of uh, $350,000. No, even though no, 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 when he no. came in here, we got failure. So we have the, this, the superintendent Millard house. Wow. Failing overseeing the failure and now the state has to come in over see that but he's still going to get paid until at least probably 2024 when his contract expires so. do you understand i mean not you katie but mm. do you guys understand when the money gets poured into education from our tax dollars and they then they ask the government for more money oh we we need we could do better but we need more funding does that money go to help the students in the classroom or what seriously for education look at all these executives look at all these massive salaries across the country this is not just an isolated oh just that one guy i mean what it, you what position is he again superintendent superintendent okay you get 350k in there dollars whether whether it's doing well failed. or not yep and students they've got failing. a failing record and it doesn't affect his salary. In oh, fact, no, he's no. probably gotten raises every year. He got paid. Well, and he just started, so, but he'll still oh, get his like annual. Like I said, yeah. he'll get his annual he salary. So, all right, well, still to come, finally, finally, <laughs> a good story we to report it. on. We have two small Kentucky schools. They prove the band plays on, even when they're playing to support another school's team. It's a great story, and you're not going to want to miss it, so stick around. If you have a smartphone, tablet, Roku, or Apple TV, consider downloading the Freedom Project media app. It's 100% free and includes all of our weekly shows, plus lecture series, archive programs, and award-winning animated videos for families like the Presidential Minute, Battles of America, and Heroes of the West. Don't rely on the social media giants to keep you informed. Simply download the Freedom Project media app from your app store and allow notifications. And we'll let you know when a new video is ready. All right, this is a very interesting story. It happened in Kentucky and a small high school basketball team went to a tournament. They're from, from a very small county. They had no band to travel with them to away games. And a rival school's band uh, made sure they had a little bit of music going on in their section. So I thought this was a very interesting story, Katie. It was a tense and hard-fought high school basketball game in Kentucky uh, earlier this month. And a team from a smaller school in is. Inez or Inez? I think it's Inez. Mm -hmm. it, it turned up without its band. Uh, student musicians from a rival team that was going to play later in the tournament determined that, hey, we can't let 
this small school, you know, have no band at all. So I, I guess they, there was this band of brothers. See what I did there? Ooh. So they said they could use a little fanfare on the court, so they helped out. This is an interesting story. Usually you think, well, it should be more competitive. I mean, band is band. Yes. There is something about... The music keeps people together. It brings music, the people music together. Unifies. Yeah. It, Thought this it was neat. Anyway, let's watch this video and we'll come back and comment on it. During the 15th regional tournament in Pikeville on March 4th, the Pike County Central High School band was setting up to cheer on its school's basketball team. Prior to Central's game, Martin County and Lawrence County were in a tight contest when students from Martin County started cheering. But they were cheering for the band. At that moment, buzzer, the game went to overtime. Once the game went into overtime, the students of Martin County started cheering for the band to play for them. Pike Central's pep band played throughout the overtime period for a school they could have played in the regional championship. But they didn't care because they were just excited for their team in that moment. And it's really good because people from the mountains want to support each other. They want to find ways to cheer each other on. After these videos went viral on social media, it was announced that Pike Central's band and Martin County High School's band will join forces as the Cardinals travel to Rep Arena for the Sweet 16. The Martin County Band and Director Cassie Hotz will be joining us in a collaboration. So it will be the Pike Central Band with the Martin County Band coming together for this moment. So very, very interesting that the, the game went into overtime mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, and then they went on to the next round. But what were you going to say? Uh, just for you non-band nerds out there, <laughs> they were playing Hey Song, in case you couldn't hear it or understand. It. it was Hey Song. Hey Song. Band nerds unite. Okay. That's the um, thing. And that's the whole point of this story is like music brings people together, right? And when you see uh, a school out there and what happened basically is some of the kids from the band were talking to some of the, the kids who were from the Mountain County high school team who were cheering on their players. Like they just, it was just like natural camaraderie that just kind of developed. And they're like, hey, play for us. And yeah, of course, if, if a band nerd gets someone saying, hey, play for us, they're going to play for them. Yeah, and that's, that's just a really cool cool story that they uh, chose to, to yeah, join I, in. There's a video in the article. The video is the entire game. Yeah, you <laughs> so, can watch the entire game. But it's like. fun to go and listen to the announcers. Oh, yeah, they were Man, fun. are they from the hey, mountains. anyone from Kentucky... You are the f most fun to listen to yeah, for basketball that was games, fun. apparently. I, the play-by-play. Play-by-play yeah. was great. I loved it. Yeah, Some it was of us, fun. you know, you get to hear our youper talk. So now we get to hear your, I guess, mountain talk, as so, they, they said so. Yep, so it was an exciting game. Went into overtime. You know, they won the team without the band. Uh, and then they went on, and then they lost in the first round of the uh, state tournament to a team that was 32-2 and two, so, uh, from Frederick Douglas, but that doesn't negate the fact that high school kids came together mm -hmm. and showed us all what's important and uh, help another. Oh, there we go. This was bands supporting bands. Was this a new thing that was created or I'm thinking it is. Yeah, it's a t-shirt. I didn't think I, that would have been around before this actually happened, but that makes sense now. Bands mm -hmm. supporting bands. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, if you're a band nerd or I mean, if you're a, a fan of the show, yes. please, uh, if you could like, comment, share. If you're watching us, I guess. And shout out to our Kentucky friends. Media, Yeah, Kentucky friends. Hi. Uh, well, for David and myself, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. And thank you for supporting what we do. Until next time, stay educated. 
Educated is directed and produced by Mike Menzel, hosted by Katie Petrick and David Fiorazzo. Makeup and hair by Katie Scholl. Graphics designed by Dan Kaler. Educated is owned by Freedom Project Media. See other shows and content at freedomproject.com or download the Freedom Project Media app. Copyright 2023.